What's going on? What's going on, good people? Thank you for joining us for another episode of Build Your Fort. Today, I've got the Lockmaster in the house. I've got Melissa Roche. She is co-founder and owner of Napstar. And if you guys haven't heard of Napstar, especially if you are a natural hair enthusiast, you are under a rock. You've got to be. (laughs) (laughs) They are quite famous in New York. And now they have expanded to Atlanta. Melissa, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm super blessed and honored to be here for my first ever podcast. Not the last, not the last. We're going to get you more involved in the podcast world for sure. And I'm quite sure people are going to be knocking on your door, getting you to come on and share your knowledge about your business. So Build Your Ford is about dreamers, about business owners, is about people who are doing what they love and Mm -hmm. they are finding a way to do that unapologetically. And I know that you and your sister, Annette, are two of the most passionate people about the work that you do. So I had to have you on. Of course, I started my lock journey, my second lock journey with you all. And um, I would be remiss if I didn't have you on today. So again, thank you. I appreciate you. So tell me a little bit about how you all started your business and what has been the catalyst for it to be as large as it is today? Okay. Um, Well, I grew up, my mom is Congolese and my dad's American. So when I moved, we moved to America when I was in middle school. Um, And after a couple of years, my dad had gotten in a car accident and he was the sole provider in our family. So my mom, she grew up, she's an African girl. She grew up doing braids in her friend's hair and things like that. So she had three kids who were, you know, under the age of 12 at that point. And she needed to make a way to have to make some income and take care of her husband, who was at that time in a coma. So, yeah. So she figured, like, let me start doing hair and, you know, expand this, you know, instead of just doing friends and family's hair, like, let me make some real min- money off of it. So she ended up opening a braid shop. So throughout high school, me and Annette were always at her shop doing braids. My mom's this little African woman who doesn't have a business background. So just dealing with her customers and, you know, that African braid shop situation. Right. So my mom always pushed me for education, never to depend on anybody. So I ended up going to college. And when I graduated college, I got a degree in business. I was like, you know what? I'm not like a suit and tie type of person. I do not want to go in that world. So I was like, I just reflected on like, what do I think I could be successful at? Because I'm going to be successful. And so with that being said, it just came to me that people, I thought that people are successful at things that their families do naturally. So I reflected on, even though I wasn't like, like my passion for doing hair wasn't my passion at that time. I loved business. So at that point, I was like, you know what, let me go to cosmetology school. And that's living in New York. And so I ended up going to cosmetology school in New York and then grabbing my sister and being like, yo, you're the hairdresser. You're the one who got that sauce. But I like business, so let's come together and, like, make something. And so she really jumped into it once I was with her in New York and in school. And so I ended up graduating. And then a couple years later, I saved up enough money for me to open our first Napstar. And um, we came in with a bang. So as soon as we opened right in front of, like, my mom's, right down the street from my mom's um, salon. So she closed Terrors, and then our her clients came to us. And we just rock and roll with all the things that we wanted to make better from her, you know, seeing her business and um, just what we wanted to give the black community in terms of like choices for locks and just natural hair services. We did used to do both. 
And ever since then, we've just been very receptive. We've been able to grow through different salons and different, you know, being in different states. And it's just been a very positive situation. So what year was that that you decided you're going to open this first Napstar? We opened in May 2000. No, was it March 2010? So it's been almost 12 years. Wow. And that was the first one was in New York. You were you said you joined Annette in New York. Where were you living before you moved to New York? So we both were living in Maryland with my family. And I actually went to New York for cosmetology school, but I opened the first one in Maryland. And we opened the first one in Maryland. And then in May, we opened the New York one. Like, so a couple months later, we had okay. New York. So do you still have the one in Maryland? No, I actually closed it down. It was in a shopping center that was closing. And so I was pregnant with my second son and the lease was expiring. So I was like, you know what? I just need a break. And so we let that one close when the lease expired. And then that's when me and Annette joined forces back in New York. And just it really exploded when that happened. Wow. So tell me about the name Napstar. How did you come up with that? And, you know, why do you think it's been so successful with such a name like that? I mean, I get it. Rap star, Napstar. But what made you think of that? Um, it's actually one of my best friends. His name was Peanut. Um, when I was in college, me and him were just like politic and chilling. You know what college students do. And um, I was coming up, we were trying to find names for the business. We're like, we know we want to do this. And we were just thinking of like various stereotypical names like Locks by Melissa and, you know, just stuff that's a little more stereotypical. And then me and him were just chilling. Like 10 minutes later, he just said Napstar. That's all he said. And I was like, oh, that's it. And so I called Annette and I was like, Napstar. And she fell in love like second one. And ever since then, it's just like it never left us. Like it became its own thing. And everyone who hears the name remembers it. It's just, you know, it just it just works. So shout out to Peanut. <laughs> What's up, Peanut? Yes. Indeed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great story. So I know that, you know, you always see Annette. You always see Annette on the Internet. We very seldom get to see Melissa. And I'm so glad <laughs> that I've got you here, not only on video, but also on audio. She seems to be that that light that everybody all them automatically sees when they think of Napstar. Why, mm -hmm. why do you think that, you know, you said, you know, business was your thing and she was the person who did hair. But why do you think that she became such the face? Um, is it just her personality or is it was that by design? That was 100 percent by design. So maybe four years ago at this time, um, we got me and that have always done like coaching and got advisors as we've grown. I'm always. I always want to level up. I'm like, how did how did people get to where they are? They've got coaches. Somebody helped them get there. So we had a business advisor at the time um, who really wanted to push us as like sisters who do, who do business, sisters who are into locks. But I'm like, if I'm also the face of the business, how am I going to do all the things on the back end? And I'm like, that's impossible and it's too much for me. So I said, Annette loves being on camera, loves being the face. So I'm like, Annette, you have to buy into you being the expert and you being the face of the brand. And I'll do all the back end stuff because all that stuff requires so much work, building websites, hiring, firing, um, scouting new locations, um, training up employees, just all those things that no one really thinks of. Like I get to do all those nitty gritty things. And so if I had to be on the, you know, the face of the business, I just wouldn't have the time. That is very smart. So you knew what your strengths were, what was important to the business. And you've got somebody that can drive the personality of the brand. And then you've got someone who takes care of all the business. What a, a great thing to have a sister that you can work with to do that type of work with. So 
you know, I know your colors are bright. You've got the pink and you got the golds. And when I walk in there, it seems like you guys are are painting a new wall every day. We are literally <laughs> painting a new wall every day. <laughs> Who comes up with those colors and um what 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 was the thought behind making the bright colors and primarily pink? I know it's a lot of pink. Yeah. So pink is def I think it's just me and Annette's favorite color. I'm even wearing pink right now. <laughs> but um so when we came to Atlanta, we saw how creative it is. I mean, if you drive around Atlanta, you see graffiti everywhere. You see murals. You just like, it's so artistic. And so when we opened our new location, it's in a warehouse type of building. And we, you know, we're just inspired by the city. So our, our makeup artist, Alyssa, she also is a painter. So we're like, hey, hey, can you paint a little something real quick? And so she did our first painting of the the Medusa lady and everyone fell in love with it. I mean, it was such a positive experience for our clients, our team, you know, just the general aura of the salon. So once we did one wall, we're like, why not do all of them? So um, it just gives clients something to look at. It gives us something to, you know, gives us different points in the salon to take pictures at and show do content. So it's just... Uh, I guess it multiplies how we can use it, but it's a creative effort between Alyssa, Annette, Melissa, just any, all of us. Wow. And talk about content. When I, when I, one thing I do know that your brand awareness and the way that you put content out on a daily basis, trust me, I've watched <laughs> and that's how I got back into um, making the decision to start my lock journey again is that I've been watching you guys for years. And I've been, when I first cut my locks off, I was like, Will I ever do this again? I was actually going to come to New York. And when I saw that you guys were open in Atlanta, I was like, I can't, I canceled that trip and I just waited and yeah. I came on into Atlanta. So content is king. You guys do such a very good job. Tell other entrepreneurs the importance of content and why it's important to your business. Oh my gosh. Content. So 80% of our clientele finds us on Instagram, you guys, 80%. So that means if I'm not posting, if I'm not keeping my safe, myself at the forefront, that means I'm going to be losing some of my clientele. So it's important to invest in a ring light. It's important to invest in a space in your salon that, or your business that looks good so that if you do need to take pictures, it's viewed on social media a certain way that, you know, all those things. And it's a driver. It drives sales. It drives people to view your business. It drives your community to support your business. Cause it's not always about sales. It's just building that community. So just all those things put together has helped us go from, you know, a small mom and pop business to a million dollar brand. And it's the content. It's us not stopping. It's us not taking our foot off the, gra the gas. And that's quote is I'm never taking the foot off the gas. She's pissed when she has to take her foot off the gas and do something that's <laughs> taken away from that. And so we just see so much value in it. That's why we pay for a social media team. Sometimes I have more social media in my building than I do stylist. Right. And it's because they have things they need to do. Like, even though I might only have two, three stylists in today, I might have five social media because they need to keep posting. They need to post so we can have more people in my business. They need to keep post so more people are aware of my business. So all that thing, you know, they need to get content so I can use it for my email marketing. Like, there's so many layers that I can do with all this content and build and build and build. So if you're doing business in 2021, going into 2022, you better be using social media and find what avenues work for you. Like TikTok and Instagram work for us, but, you know, Pinterest might be work for a different business and then use it. 
One of the things that I do notice is the fact that you've got your back end when it comes to scheduling and follow up with the client. I love the fact that I believe you guys use Acuity, Mm -hmm. that you are able to keep in contact with me on a regular. You follow up with me, what, a couple of days before my appointment Mm -hmm. and the day before my appointment, and then probably a day after my appointment. I always have you in my inbox, but it's crafted in such a way that it's not annoying. You know, it's not like that you're just sending stuff on a daily basis, but you're letting me know that, hey, you're thinking about me, your appointment's coming up. And then you send me some tips on how to maintain my locks after my appointment, which I think is very, 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 very smart. How in the world are you able to keep all of this going? I know for one, and that's handling one part and you're handling the other (laughs) part, but I know you can't do all of that by yourself, can you? I mean, we have a great team. I have a team in Atlanta. I have a team in New York. And I have a team that's just my um, headquarters in Maryland. So I have customer service reps there who also help me with back-end things. I just think that people really have to build their teams. I know a lot of entrepreneurs are scared to hire people because you're like, oh, my God, it's going to cost me money. Like, I'm scared to have that dependence of paying payroll taxes. But if somebody brings value to your business and they're able to help you get to where you go, the money that you're going to pay them, you're going to make back, sometimes tenfold. So if you're able to hire somebody who is good at creating copy and can do all your back-end emails that go out to your client, make it authentic and make it personable, then your team will help you get to where you need to go. And that's how we're able to do it. I couldn't do everything by myself. No, I couldn't. Yeah. You know, and let's talk about that. I mean, building your business, you've gone from um, your New York location. And then I believe you have a VIP location in New York as well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And then you have Atlanta. I'm hoping that when you open a VIP in Atlanta. (laughs) You will definitely be there though, Marie. I want to be right there. I want to be, listen, when Sean, when Sean, uh, what is it? Sean T. shows up. uh When he comes up, I want to be right there next to him, getting my logs done. I'm not playing with (laughs) y'all. But what I do know for sure is that you've scaled your business and such. And it seems as though you've done it succinctly in order. You didn't go too big too soon. And you also have a product line. You've got um, scalability in your business. So when it came to coming out with products, including your your lock, your lock extensions and things of that sort, what was that process like for building those extensions to your business? Um, it was just a big need. Um, people always focused on like straight hair extensions, or just loose hair extensions. And people who were making lock extensions were able, or you could only get it in six to eight weeks. Like they had to hand make them for you. So we were like, all right, let's try to hand make them ourselves. And I realized my stylist would be working day and night because they would take clients and then they would go home and hand make extensions. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like if I'm doing this and I have the best of the best, what are people who don't have the best of the best or by themselves? How are they doing this? So that's when we took it upon ourselves to go, you know, make our own manufacturing and try to like, you know, take it to a level where we have a whole warehouse now that you can order from. It ships out within three days because we saw a need for our industry. That's why we don't only use the extensions for ourselves. We also sell them to, you know, different businesses and individuals. And then when the pandemic hit, that's when the products came out because everyone's like, yo, I can't get to you. And I'm like, oh, my God, they need to wash their hair. This is so stressful. They need to retwist their hair. So we started off with like one kit and it was basically like a retwist and treatment kit. And then once we got that, it was the packaging was so bad. It was like the heart of the pandemic. I mean, it was terrible. (laughs) There was no labels on anything. It was just like, yuck, you need this. Here you go. It's rough for everybody. And so 
once the people started buying the kits, we started selling stuff individually and just kind of seeing what the consumer need. And I mean, I won't lie, the e-commerce business is still something I'm learning. Like I'm very comfortable in the salon space, but e-commerce every day, I'm just like, I got to figure this out. I need to learn what works. You know, I've had 10 years, 12 years in the salon. This is two years in e-commerce. So I'm not the expert, but I'm definitely trying to take it to the next level for my industry. Well, it looks to me that you are an expert and trust me on the outside looking <laughs> in. You may think that it's not all together, but it looks like you guys are doing an absolutely amazing job. So that's why I'm proud to come, you know, every three weeks, you know, you're like, you're here again. It's like, yeah, I'm coming. We love having you in the salon. <laughs> we love having you there. And I love being there. What's next for Napstar? What do you guys have coming up next? Ooh, um, so 2022, we're going to be doing two pop-ups, a minimum of two pop-ups, Miami, LA. So we're trying to find a new location um, and trying to kind of test the waters to see where we should go. I would personally love to open a location overseas, whether it's like Canada, Europe, West Africa. Like I would love to be outside the borders of America because um, I'm also not 100% American. So I did grow up in other countries and I do have that lust to like travel the world or just see the other side of the world again. Um, and then um, expand our product line because I do want to be able to touch anyone's lock journey and make sure they have the best for whatever they need in their lock journey. I feel like we don't have a full product line. So that's something we're going to work on. And then um, just creating a marketplace for locks. That's one thing that we are working on so that um, people like smaller people who do hair by themselves or, you know, do hair at home have a place where they can post their business and there's traffic going to it. Mm. Because there's a difference between Napstar having a website and you having your own little website. Like there's traffic coming to me that maybe can book for you. So working on those things that will just improve my industry is also a focus of ours for 2020, 2022. Now, one thing I can say is that I see your social media content that gets reposted to other people who are also selling your product. So I think that is phenomenal that they then use the tutorials that you see Annette doing online. They then repost them to their page. And the lock extensions that they're selling are coming from you also. That is absolutely amazing. So kudos to you for that. Listen, I'm from Miami. If you need a broker in Miami or or we need to go to we Miami. We will talk after the call. <laughs> yes, we will. I didn't know you was in Miami. Yes, yes, yes. So I can definitely connect you with a good broker there in Miami. And when you're ready for, you know, your second location here in Atlanta, I've got you as well. Tell me a little bit about legacy and what this means to your family going forward as you build this business. Or you think your kids are going to get involved and Nets kids are going to get involved. Where do you want to take it long term? My son works on Sundays and that son, they all work every Sunday. They come into the salon and they fold towels. They might be two or three and five or three and six, but they're, they're learning the family business. I mean, I let him play my hair so he can learn about two strand twists, just like how I learned through my mother. Like, I want my kids to learn through me and then make it better. Like, you're not just going to be stagnant and live off a mom. And no, you're going to make this better and you're going to have an opportunity to see how I do it. Um, but it's also very important for me to show my employees and their kids and their families an avenue. I've had some team members be with me for like eight years at this point. And it's like, what can I do to secure their livelihood for the rest of their lives? And what can I, what door can I open for them so they're not living paycheck to paycheck or whatever that looks like? So I definitely want this to be a business that supports Black families, that grows back families, that's, you know, all that good stuff. Because 
it's just not about my family. Like I, my, my team members, everyone who works for me, I invested in them as well. And I would like to see everyone who puts their time with my business also be able to grow and have something for their family. I love that. What are your last words? What words of advice do you have for some entrepreneurs out there that are looking to start their journey into whatever it is they want to do? What is the best advice that you can give to them? Um, never take your foot off the grass, gas. It, you you got to keep going. You got to keep believing. Um, always be ready to pivot. That is my thing. And that's never take your foot off the gas. Mine is always be ready to pivot because you could have a goal. You can have a, you can be doing something and all of a sudden something happens. And at that moment, you need to make a decision of, hey, do I go with it or do I follow what my path, what I thought my path should be? And you have to make those decisions and go with it. But sometimes I just think you have to pivot. And I think a lot of businesses like Blockbuster, they don't pivot and then you lose. So it's like if the pandemic came, did you pivot or not? If you didn't, get back up and pivot again until you find your way. That is great advice. Thank you so much for that, Melissa. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you. I know how busy you are because I know that salon is rocking and popping right now. <laughs> I can't wait to get in there till tomorrow. Um, but thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. And I look forward to having you on again. And you have an absolutely amazing day. Thank you. Thank you for being my first podcast. Thank you for coming to my business. Like ever since the first day you come in, I've like, you know, some clients you just make that bond with, like even if it's a small one or a big one, you just make that bond. So every time you come to my business, I'm super thankful for it. And I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. All right, cool. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. Don't take your foot off the gas. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> Bye, guys.